You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Breaking news? There's really not a lot of breaking news. It's It's been a kind of a slow news week. Most of the news has been based off of COVID stuff, so we will get into that a little bit. But uh, I, I guess some of the more interesting news is cornerback Pierre Desser from uh, the Jets was released by the team. And I get the move. You know, you're in a total rebuild if you're the Jets. Your veteran players won out anyways. They're, they don't like not winning. And you want to see your young guys and see how they perform so you know who to keep around and what spots you need to build on and grow off of in the draft next year especially when you get a new coach and GM, which is going to be happening. Anyway, um, and it kind of goes back to the old what the old baseball coach. He goes, you know, you just traded your star player. And he's like, yeah, we, we were losing with him, so we can definitely lose without him. And, and Pierre Desaire was brought in to kind of solidify that secondary with Jamal Adams and, and the like. You know, Jamal Adams obviously forced his way out of town, and uh, Pierre Desaire just wasn't having a good year. He had a couple interceptions, had an interception for a touchdown, but overall just not a really good season for him. So he can go somewhere where maybe he uh, can try to salvage what's left of of the year. Um, we'll see where he ends up. But, uh, yeah, the, the Jets are definitely cleaning house right now. Tack McKinley, now this is a crazy story. We just did this whole segment about how the Bengals – claimed McKinley because they needed to fill their disgruntled player spot on the roster that was vacated from uh, Carlos Dunlap. And they claimed him. Well, he failed his physical. And sorry, Tag McKinley, you hit the streets again. You're back on the waiver wire. And who comes and picks you up? The 49ers. So you go from the Bengals to the 49ers. And, you know, the 49ers... It's obviously a better situation. You're a better team. You, you know, the injuries have kind of depleted them from being, you know, really big contenders in the NFC. Um, but especially with Boza being out for the year, this could be a good one-year replacement. He can uh, improve his value for when he becomes a free agent next year. And this is a good signing by the 49ers. It's uh, one of those low-key things that could work out. Uh, the only way it won't work out is if Tack McKinley plays like he did when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll see what happens maybe under new coaching and new schemes. But uh, it's definitely interesting. And that uh, NFC West, just, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun to watch uh, how those teams are developing and who's going to come uh, come out victorious in that division. The Giants, and this is even a crazy story. So, yeah, there's not a lot of news, but there's a lot of crazy stories, and I'm liking the crazy. It's like watching reality TV, uh, uh, you know, watching reality TV, uh, Bachelorette and Bachelor. Anyway, 
Giants offensive lineman coach Mark Colombo was fired and replaced by the former co- uh, Colts coach Dave De, De Guglomo. I can't even pronounce his last name. De Guglomo. I, I don't know. Uh, speeding it up doesn't make it sound any better. I'm sorry. I, I can't pronounce his name. But regardless, he was the guy responsible for the offensive line previously for the Colts with you know Quentin Nelson and everybody. So he's a damn good coach is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. But it's crazy because apparently the reason why Mark Colombo was fired was because he got into a fist fight with head coach Joe Judge. Uh, he pulled the old, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the old Colombo. Just one more thing, Judge. And then pow. And the judge wasn't having it. And Colombo was kicked out of the courtroom fired on the spot and uh you know that's to find a, a coach uh of de Guglamo or uh I, i'm gonna keep trying to say it de Guglamo uh caliber this late into the season just walking on the streets you know he's out there walking the street working it joe judge comes out scoops him off the streets put him in the booth makes him run defense and that's just uh or sorry, make some run offensive line, and uh, yeah, that's it's a good signing, and uh, it should help that Giants offensive line because that's definitely been a weak point. They have a lot of young guys. It, uh, I can only see them getting better at this point. Raiders' whole defense is placed on the COVID list. The whole defense, they're all there. They're going to still have to play against Kansas City on Sunday. The NFL's like, we're not moving the game. You either show up or you don't. Um, you either have your defense or you don't. So having said that, I'm really liking the Sunday night game of Patrick Mahomes. If most of the defense isn't there, I mean, I liked him with the defense being there. Imagine him without the defense there. I mean, he's going to be basically playing, uh, you know, seven-on-seven practice at that point. Um, Cleveland Farrell was the one that tested positive. So everyone else had close contact, including Jonathan Abram. So we will see who's able to make it to the game. If they all test negative throughout the week, they'll be able to play in the game, which I think ends up happening. But uh, it's still interesting, and it's still fun to think about the Raiders trying to play a game without their whole starting defense and what that would look like against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Of all the teams you have to play in that situation, it's the – it would be the Patrick Mahomes show for sure. And then obviously Chris Carson's still out with that foot. Um, I'm not getting into too much of the injury news because I think a lot of the guys are going to be playing. Obviously, you know, Christian McCaffrey is not playing. We talked about that. But uh, most of the guys with injuries are going to be playing. Calvin Ridley, he's going to be playing. You don't have to worry about it. Um, so I... Uh, I don't know, you know, there, there, there's not much news outside of that, and let's just move on because there's nothing left. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. 
man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. Well, and of course we're starting it out with the Thursday Night Football game. It's, you know, usually with the Thursday Night Football game, you're watching it because it's football. It's usually not good football. It's usually pretty bad teams that you're watching. It'd be like, you know, a Jets-Jaguars matchup. You're like, well, at least there's football on, but, uh, you know, I can't wait for the weekend when the real games start. That's not the case this week. The Cardinals and the Seahawks, the NFC West is one of the best divisions in football. All teams are competitive. You know, if the Niners weren't uh, so injury depleted, I think they'd be right up there with everybody else. And uh, but having said that, the Cardinals are visiting Seattle. Seattle's favored by three, and I agree with that. Division game, they're at home. I'm taking the home team, you know, especially a field goal. The over-under is 57.5. I'm taking the over on that, and I know what you're thinking. That means each team has to score close to 30 points. Well, I think it happens. It's a, it's a high one, but uh, I'm going with it. I think they, they cover. I think this is a high-scoring game because I'm not really sitting anyone in it. Fantasy football-wise, you know, Chris Carson, his foot, he's still out with his foot. He's not going to play. Alex Collins, I would sit him. You know, usually that would open the door for the running back taking the place of Chris Carson. Not so much in this one. Alex Collins, that's you. You're replacing Carson, and you need to be a sit in fantasy football. I don't really like the matchup there. And then, obviously, all the tight ends for the Seahawks. Because, like Magic, the Cardinals can now defend the tight end position pretty well. And Greg Olson's hurt a little bit. And so I'm not sure between him, Disley, and Hollister how that's going to work out anyway. So even if it was a good matchup, I'd kind of stay away from it. Um, Russell Wilson, I'm starting with confidence. It's Russell Wilson. The Cardinals are not the Rams. The Cardinals' defensive line is not the Rams' defensive line. I think Russell Wilson redeems himself and has a great game. And, of course, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Lockett's been kind of banged up, but uh, he's going to play in this one. So outside of those two, I wouldn't start any other receivers. They get all the targets, and, you know, Freddie Swain or Dave Moore, those guys could be relevant, but uh, they're not going to get the targets. So you need to ride with uh, what's, uh, what's what's winning you fantasy football weeks, and it's Metcalf and Lockett. On the Cardinal side of the ball, Kyler Murray. You know, I'm I'm starting Kyler Murray regardless. We don't need to talk about it. And then Kenyon Drake. He quietly got 100 yards rushing last week. Came out of nowhere. No one talked about it. I don't even, I don't even think people knew that he got 100 yards. It's one of those things where you got so mesmerized by the end of the game on that Hail Mary that it totally didn't crash your mind that Kenyon Drake had a, a pretty decent game. And that's good to see because with his start that he had, uh, it could only go up from here, and I think it, this is a great start for him this week that he needs to be played, and there's still even enough room for Chase Edmonds to do something. With the Cardinals, you, you, we don't need to talk about DeAndre Hopkins either. You're starting him. And Christian Kirk, you're definitely starting as well. But uh, with the Seahawks defense, you know, they, they used to be the Legion of Boom, and now they're 
kind of taken after the where they stole the name from in the first place, the, the DC Comics Legion of Doom. That's them now. They're the Legion of Doom because uh, everyone that, uh, you know, every fan rooting for the Seahawks and, and their defense right now feels doom watching them play when the other team is passing all over them and scoring touchdowns. So anyway, uh, you're, you're starting every receive, receiver under the sun for the Cardinals. But of course, you know, the, the majority of the targets go to Hopkins and Kirk in this one. But yeah, it's an exciting game and uh, can't wait. You know, it's going to start today. So we'll find out tonight how it goes. I can't wait. I can't wait for a Thursday night game. I can't believe I'm saying this. This next game is the complete opposite of how I felt about the Cardinals and the Seahawks. This one is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Washington football team. The Washington football team is favored by one and a half points. And I'm going with the Washington football team. I, I think they win and they cover and the only reason why I think that is because this Washington football team defense is pretty stellar. Alex Smith is a game manager. He's been that his whole life. And now that he's the starting quarterback, I just think that they'll be able to uh, hold off the Detroit Lions with that defense. So having said that, looking at uh, my list and seeing a lot of sits of key players, the over-under is 46.5. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the way under on this. Uh, I didn't even have to think twice about this one. In regards to fantasy football, Alex Smith, you know, it's great to see him back. He's starting the game again, and uh, I, you had to like what, he, what you saw last week. Just, you know, you're scared to death to watch him play because of the injury, but at the same time, he was effective. I mean, Washington scored 30 points. I get that they lost, but it's, you know, it's... Well, I sh a little bit under 30 points, let's put it that way. They scored 27. But anyway, uh, Antonio Gibson, again. Antonio Gibson had a great week last week, and it was mostly due to scoring twice. The yards weren't quite as uh, prevalent as I thought they were going to be during the, the game last week. But in this matchup, I like him even more. The Bengals give up a lot of yards. They get up a lot of yards uh, you know, to the receiving running back. And Antonio Gibson will have a great game in this one. Uh, actually, I take that back. They don't give up a lot of receiving yards. Uh, but that's why I like Antonio Gibson. I don't like J.D. McKissick for that reason, because J.D. McKissick's a target machine. Uh, I think he might catch a lot of passes, but I don't think he'll go anywhere with them. So for me, McKissick this week is a sit. As hard as it is for me to do, he was kind of everyone's love affair last week. And he was mine, too. I, I, I liked the play. You know, he was one of my starts of the week. I had him in my fan duel. Uh, so, you know, the, the love affair. Everyone likes the, the hugs and McKissicks of uh, the, the, the NFL world. And uh, he's, unfortunately, a bench this week. Everyone else uh, for the Redskins is a start, though. Uh, the, the Bengals can't cover anyone through the air. You saw what the Steelers did last week. They just gave up the run. They're like, we're just going to pass it all over you because you can't stop us. And uh, I, I think the Redskins, though, they don't have the same talent at receiver as the Steelers. They, they still have a pretty quick group. Terry McLaurin, I think, is a great play. He's going to dominate this week. He actually might be one of my top plays this week at receiver. Cam Sims, the, actually the Sims brothers, both of them, Cam Sims and Steven Sims. I think they both are starts this week. Steven Sims just 
kind of got back into the groove of things last week coming off of IR. And so I think both of them have uh, could potentially have a, a pretty good game and could be considered uh, a worth or at least worth a, a start in this one. Um, the, the difference between the Sims brothers is Cam is about 6'5", and Steven's about, what, 5'10". Um, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, it's... <laughs> You know, usually when uh, people have the same names, you get them kind of mixed up. And uh, in this case, with the uh, Washington football team, the, the Sims, you, you, you know, one's a, a giant out there running down the field, and the other one's a, a midget going across the field. So, um, two different, uh, two different body types. Tyler Boyd, or sorry, Logan Thomas. That's what I meant to say. Logan Thomas is a great start here. Bengals can't defend the tight end; they never could. Eric Ebron was a little bit disappointing last week when he played the Bengals, but uh, I think Alex Smith, especially uh, his reliance on the tight end position, like I said, he's a game manager. He dink and dinks and dunks down the field, and uh, that means he's going to be looking Logan Thomas's way quite a bit. So Logan Thomas could be a pretty good play in this one. Uh, going, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, they. Uh, Joe Burrow, I know you really want to start him in this matchup. He looks good against pretty mediocre defenses. However, the Washington football team does not have a mediocre defense. So I actually would bench Joe Burrow in this one. He doesn't make my top 15 even in this matchup. He needs to be on your bench. He's not going to have a good day. He's going to get terrorized by Chase Young and everybody else on that Washington front. So he... uh, yeah, he needs to uh, be on your bench. Giovanni Bernard, same thing. I don't think there's a lot of rushing room. Joe Mixon's still probably going to be out. In fact, I, I'm, I'm calling it. He's probably. I'm, I'm saying he's going to be out. Giovanni Bernard, he needs to be out there. AJ Green, T. Higgins, they're both on my bench, and T. Higgins gets a lot of volume. So you're like, how can he be on your bench? I just think that. The you know the Washington football team they gave gave up a lot of receiving yards to the Detroit Lions of all teams um, last week and I don't see a repeat in that I, I think they'll be able to man uh, manhandle T Higgins AJ Green's been a non-factor for m- most of the season if not the whole season so he's not going to uh, all of a sudden burst onto the scene against this defense but Tyler Boyd you know he plays the slot a lot and he's going to be heavily targeted. I think that's where the depth of the Washington football team can be exploited a little bit, and Tyler Boyd will be a good play that you can kind of start with confidence in this one. Uh, but outside of that, it's really kind of just a blah game. Um, I don't think it'll be one that I'll be watching very much of. Maybe check out the highlights, but uh, it's uh, you know it definitely means a lot for the Washington football team because if they win. They're pretty much right there for a you know the the division title, which means a playoff spot. And uh, what worse? I mean, I haven't seen a worse division than the NFC East in like forever. Even back in the day when the uh, uh, the I'm trying to remember the team that made the, the Saints made it, where they were like a losing team and they ended up winning. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, enough of that. Let's move on to the next game.
The next game is the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by five. The over-under is 51. And there's a, this is a tough one. I don't know what to think about this one. Drew Brees obviously basically went through a car accident with uh, broken ribs and the punctured lungs that he suffered in the uh, last week's game. Uh, he's not going to play. So Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or some some quarterback somewhere is going to take over uh, for the Saints. My money is obviously on Jameis Winston. And, uh, you know, I'm still going with the Saints. I think they cover the five points, and I'm taking the over on the 51. I think they go over 51 points between both of them. Um, but this was my most difficult one just because of, you know, all the uh, unknown factors about uh, what the Saints offense is going to look like, how the Falcons defense is going to play against this Saints offense with what it looks like. So I actually have less questions about the Saints offense, though, than I do about this Atlanta Falcons defense because this Atlanta Falcons defense is horrible. And I don't really think it matters who plays quarterback when you have Alvin Kamara on the other side of the ball. This isn't a great matchup for Alvin Kamara, but it doesn't matter. Alvin Kamara, as you saw last week, can get 10 yards rushing and get, you know, 80 touchdowns. So... He started on all formats. Jameis Winston, I'm starting. Falcons are the worst team against the quarterback in the NFL. You know, they made Drew Locke look good. So if you can make Drew Locke look good, I don't see how you can't make Jameis Winston look good. Jameis Winston was still a relevant fantasy quarterback last year. I mean, he threw a ton of pick sixes, but he threw for like he threw to like 400 yards and four touchdowns a game. Yeah, he threw, you know, he, he threw like three to four interceptions a game too, but... I mean, that's a lot of fantasy points. And I don't think he just loses that ability to, to fling the ball around. Is he going to turn the ball over? Well, yeah, he is because it's Jameis Winston. But this is with this matchup, it's too good to be true. You need to put Jameis Winston out there. And I'm starting Taysom Hill in this. Like, I'm really on board with this Taysom Hill thing. There's been, uh, you know, Sean Payton's been noncommittal about Winston saying it could be Taysom Hill. If that's the case, then... You have Taysom Hill at your tight end spot. You have a quarterback at your tight end spot. Like, take advantage of that. You know, this reminds me back in the day when the Saints had uh, Marquise Colston his uh, rookie year as a tight end. You basically had a star receiver at your tight end spot. You were dominating the league. And uh, this could be the same type of thing if Taysom Hills even even does, you know, half, you know, a quarter of playing snaps under center at quarterback so it's a it's a good play in, in this game I, I think you know the concerns about them not playing Taysom Hill because um, uh, he's the backup quarterback now in case if Winston gets hurt what would they do if he was hurt uh, I'm not buying it I don't think that's what's going to happen I, I think you know th this is an opportunity to really use Taysom Hill in more ways than what you would have you know initially with Drew Brees because let's face it, you're not taking Drew Brees out off the field. Uh, you, you want Drew Brees on the field as much as possible. So now that they don't have to worry about that, I think that opens up the bag of tricks they can use with Taysom Hill. Because they're forcing Taysom Hill down our throat, whether we want to or not. So uh, if they're going to do it, I like it better that Drew Brees isn't available to you know be taken off the field for it. Um, Julio, or sorry, 
uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, Michael Thomas. I'm starting at all, all like everybody on the Saints almost. Jared Cook, the uh, Falcons are 32nd against the tight end position. I know Jared Cook was goose-egged last week, and you still might have that bitter taste in your mouth about it, and don't trust him. I hear you. You know, those tight end targets could go to Adam Troutman or Josh Hill, even though I don't think Josh Hill is going to play in this one. But uh, regardless, Jared Cook is a good play here in this one, and and you need to start him, especially with how bad tight ends have been going. Michael Thomas, of course, he's a star. You're starting him. He hasn't uh, picked it up yet. He, you know, he. This is only going to be a second game back, but I think it'll be a big one for him, and he's going to uh, dominate this Falcon secondary. I'm sitting Latavius Murray. The reason why I'm sitting Latavius Murray is, I just the, the Fal- you know, against the Falcons, you're not running the ball a whole lot, especially with how weak they are, and the you know the wet paper towel phrase I like to use. That's the Falcon secondary. So Latavius Murray is going to be phased out of the game plan in this one. On the Falcon side of the ball, Matt Ryan, you're starting him. He's a good play. Julio Jones, uh, Calvin Ridley. I, I know Calvin Ridley's coming back from an injury. It's looking like he's going to play. I actually am confident he's going to play. Both of them need to be started, and they're both going to have good games. Hayden Hurst, you know, he has a good matchup. I'm not as confident he has a good game, but he has a good matchup. So you're going to play him just because at tight end, it, it's really a crapshoot with how bad the production's been at that position lately. And then, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley, it's not a good day for Todd Gurley. You are sitting Todd Gurley and not even thinking about playing him. Not only, you know, sometimes when I have a guy as a sit, I'll be like, well, temper your expectations for this guy. Todd Gurley, No. I'm not even having him on my starting lineup. I'm benching him. I'm getting somebody else. This is a matchup that doesn't bode well for him. And the Saints are really good at stopping the run. So get Todd Gurley out of your lineup. Overall, though, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I definitely want to see how the Saints offense kind of transforms with uh, not having Drew Brees in the fold. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know what everyone's thinking. Steelers are going to be 10-0. They're going to dominate the Jaguars. They're going, their defense is going to sack Luton into the ground over and over again. Luton's going to be crying for his mother. Steelers are going to win 100 to nothing. They're going to be 10-0. Why even play this game? Well, sorry to say... I am actually taking the Jaguars in this one because the Steelers are 10-point favorites. And I got to say, Pittsburgh does not play well at Jacksonville. You know, back in the day when Freddie Taylor and Jimmy Smith were on the team, and even, you know, more recent times where uh, that playoff game where Leonard Fournette ran for like 200-something yards against them, it's just always been a bad matchup for the Steelers. And it's in Jacksonville. I get that the Jaguars have only won one game. And those, you know, they're not the same as those teams I'm talking about. But uh, Steelers have struggled against some pretty poor Jaguars teams in Jacksonville. And, I, of course, I think they win and they will be 10-0. But I don't think that they're going to win by 10 points. You know, 
the Jaguars don't have any Rasheen Mathises to pick six the ball. Uh, he seemed to be uh, seemed to do that all the time against the Steelers. But anyway, I'll get back into reality in the here and now. Ben Roethlisberger, you need to start him. Jaguars are pretty porous against defending the pass, and you know the Steelers can do that ad nauseum. Juju Smith-Schuster, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, you need to start everybody. Uh, that's a weapon for the Steelers. They have the potential of having a huge game, and you don't want to be worried about you know your guy being phased out from the targets. Uh, it only takes a couple catches for a big play to happen, and in this matchup, you know, I, I, I like Chase Clay, uh, Claypool can get like two catches and two touchdowns. Uh, so I'm not worried about anyone in this matchup. I'm starting everybody with confidence. I am sitting James Conner, and you might be surprised at this. Why are you going to sit James Conner? Jaguars do not do well against the rush. This is a really good matchup for James Conner. You should be starting him. And I say yes to all the above. You should be starting him. But if you've seen the Steelers uh, in their offensive line the last couple weeks against bottom feeders like the Bengals and the Cowboys, you know, James Conner was supposed to have big games against those guys too. And they have no cohesion whatsoever running the ball. Their concepts are all screwed up. There's just a bunch of... You know, they're running east and west, a lot of traffic in the running lanes with offensive linemen looking confused. Uh, I don't like James Conner in this matchup, even though it's a good one. I think they're going to stick to the pass and have Roethlisberger carry the team like he has all year. And uh, not a good day for James Conner. But it'll be a good day for him because uh, they will pick up the victory. You're sitting all the Jaguars. Jay Gluten's going to get annihilated. He will. Uh, the Vishka Chenault is, you know, he's injured, so I'm not even sure if he's going to play. But even if he were, he's on the bench. James Robinson I have on the bench. And you're like, how can you bench James Robinson? That's ridiculous. Well, Steelers, the one thing they are really good at is stopping the run. And I know they gave up some rushing yards the last couple weeks to the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the uh, Dallas Cowboys, but here's the thing. Tyson Alualu was hurt in those games. Now he's back. You look at what they were able to do when he was in there compared to when he wasn't, it's night and day. And so I really think James Robinson's going to be bottled up. I mean, this is still the same run defense that gave up six yards to Saquon Barkley. So uh, I'm nervous if I'm a James Robinson owner. And I am starting DJ Chark. And Keelan Cole. I there's always a receiver for the Jaguars that uh, has a good game, and uh, it, it's going to be one of those guys. And they're going to get a big play, you know, like a 40, 50 yard bomb that they're going to be able to connect with, and it's going to make all the difference in the world. Uh, you know, uh, the, the over under on this game, by the way, I, I didn't get to that. It's 47.5. That's high. That's like almost what 26 27 points per well about 28 28 points per team on each side and I'm taking the over on this I actually think the Jaguars with their special teams their defense and uh, their offense can scrounge up at least you know 17 points 
20 points, and the Steelers can definitely do the rest. You know, I, I think they score with in the 30s. Um, how about this? I think the score is going to be about 30 to 22 or 23, uh, and the Steelers are able to pull it out. But regardless, I'm taking the over on this game, and uh, yeah, I don't think this will be as easy as a game as people think. And as as Mike Tomlin said during his press conference, it's not like a Big Ten school facing a Mac school in this matchup. The New England Patriots, the Houston Texans, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Patriots are favored by two. I'm I'm taking the Patriots. I think they win by two points. It's tough because Houston's at home, obviously. The over-under is 48, and I know everyone's saying, take the under, take the under, it's going to be the under. I'm taking the over on this. I, I think the Patriots and the Texans score more than what we uh, are going to anticipate. And I have Cam Newton as a start. I have Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead. I, Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird. I mean, I've, I have all those guys starting. I think they're going to have a big game. I think they're going to be able to score at least, you know, against this Houston Texans defense, at least 24 points. So uh, do I think Houston Texans can get 24 points against this New England defense? I sure do. I definitely do. So having said that, uh, you know, I, I'm – I'm sitting for the the Patriots, James White. Houston Texans, for how bad they are, how bad they are at uh, defending the run game, they can stop the running back out of the backfield. That's James White's bread and butter. So he needs to be your bench. And then also with the tight end. It's not a bad matchup against the tight end, but the Patriots don't use their tight ends. So don't even bother thinking about that matchup. For the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, this really isn't a good matchup for him. And I'd, I'm a little bit nervous putting him in my top 13, 14. He's, that's where he's, he's at. He's, I, I have him at uh, number 11. And uh, you're going to play him just because he's Deshaun Watson. But I don't like the matchup. Duke Johnson, I do like Duke Johnson in this game. I, I, he kind of laid an egg last week against Cleveland. I think he rebounds in this one and, and does fairly well. And, yeah, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, those two guys are going to have big days. That's why I like Deshaun Watson is because I think Fuller and Cooks both have, you know, the 70 yards, one or two touchdown type games in this one. So uh, you can definitely start all three of those guys with confidence. My sits are everyone else. Randall Cobb in the slot. Patriots are okay you know, against a Randall Cobb. They'll, they'll be able to contain him. And then the tight end position, Aikens or Fells, I'm, I'm not too keen on. Patriots do a really good job at uh, eliminating the tight end position from team's offenses. So they are non-factors in this one. But uh, it's, yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, I think they are going to, you know, the final score is going to be the over. And... It's still not going to be a game that I'm too excited about watching. Now this is going to be a defensive game. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles at the Cleveland Browns. Browns are favored by three and a half points. 
I'm not taking Cleveland, though. I'm taking the Eagles. Give me the three and a half points. I think if Cleveland wins, it's going to be close. But I actually legitimately think the Eagles can win. I know they looked horrible last week against the Giants at New York, but that doesn't matter. I just think that what the Eagles do well in defense kind of contains what the Browns do well in offense. And this will be one of those games that will be fun to watch just because it'll be two good defenses against each other, and they're going to mitigate those offenses from performing to their expectations. It won't be one of those games where the offenses are so bad that just the defense thrives. So I think there's a big difference. And the over-under is 45.5. I'm taking the under on this. I really don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I don't think it'll be as low as last week against the Texans for the Browns, but uh, it uh, it won't be much more uh, productive than that. You're starting Carson Wentz. The Browns are bad against the quarterback. I think this opens the door for Carson Wentz and Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham and Dallas Goddard. I have all of them starting. You need to start them too. This is a matchup where they can really feast on. And uh, it'll be fun, especially if Jalen Rager has his breakout game. He's already doing pretty well. You know, he scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago, and uh, I liked his usage last week against the Giants, although I thought they could have went to him a little bit more. I think they do in this game. And Travis Fulgham, he was really had a disappointing game, but I think that was due to Carson Wentz just having a disappointing game, and I think they both get on track in this one. And... I mean, I would sit Alshon Jeffrey right now. He's supposed to be coming back. He hasn't done much last week. But uh, this week, I, I still need to see, wait and see what we're, we're going to get from Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, by no way, you know, no way is he a starting caliber fantasy football person right now at this point. Um, it, you know, if he starts becoming a... Uh, reliable target for Carson Wentz, then we can talk. But until that point, uh, he's not even probably on rosters right now. The Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, horrible matchups, horrible, but you're starting him. And I'm sorry, I forgot Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, you're definitely starting. He has a great matchup, receiving more so than running. And I just think, you know, Miles Sanders can do well in bad matchups. And this is one where I think he can really thrive. Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, going back, pivoting back to them again. Uh, yeah, they have bad matchups, but you're starting them. The volume that they get running the ball, they're going to be running the ball a lot in this game. I don't think they they get the touchdowns. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb had two last week. Maybe he gets one. Who knows? It's hard to predict touchdowns. But uh, you're, you're starting them. And... Austin Hooper, this is a matchup that's made for Austin Hooper. If he doesn't do anything in this matchup, then Austin Hooper is basically worthless in fantasy football. Uh, I will never say he's worthless playing football because he does some other things pretty well, but uh, this is the matchup he's been waiting for all season long. He needs to come through. I think he will. You're sitting Baker Mayfield just because he's Baker Mayfield. There's no way you're not sitting Baker Mayfield. Um, this is just a bad matchup for him. And then Juice Landry, Richard Hollywood Higgins, you're benching both of those guys as well. I, I just don't see the Browns being able to pass the ball in this one, unless it's to Austin Hooper. Um, and, and it's mostly due to Baker Mayfield and his inability to uh, get off of his first reads. 
that that's that's really going to play to the Eagles' uh, favor in this game. So there you have it. This game, I don't know what to do with this game. I just don't. It, it's it's a hard prediction. It's the Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are favored by one and a half points. And I'm going to take the Panthers just because they're at home. And we could be seeing P.J. Walker versus Chase Daniel. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Bridgewater and Matthew Stafford are going to play. I don't think Matthew Stafford's thumb is going to keep him out or Teddy Bridgewater's knee is going to keep him out. The Having said that, though, the over-under is 48.5. And I'm taking the under just in case one or both of these uh, quarterbacks don't end up playing. And that's the hard thing about making a prediction on a Thursday morning is you don't have all the details <laughs> on the injuries yet. Uh, but anyway... Having said that, you're starting Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to dominate in this matchup against the Lions. Lions give up passing yards. They leak passing yards all over the place. Uh, Mike Davis, you know, if you're worried about him from his bad performances, he, you know, he he had uh, about three bad games before this. Uh, but I'm not worried about it. McCaffrey came back and then got hurt, so. One of the games he was uh, wasn't even playing most of the snaps. He had you know he played the Bears, played the Buccaneers, good run defenses. Mike Davis is a good running back in bad matchups. I think the one thing we were able to realize though is McCaffrey's uh, yeah definitely head and shoulders above everybody else. He's good at no matter who he plays. Mike Davis obviously is dependent on his matchup. But this is a good one, so I think he's a top five running back this week. Curtis Samuel, you're playing Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. I just think they both have really good games. Curtis Samuel from that slot, DJ Moore, um, I, I think he can do some damage. And Robbie Anderson's actually on my bench. I'm I'm not so high on Robbie Anderson this week. Uh, I think he uh, has a second consecutive kind of bad game. And, and Ian Thomas we don't need to talk about because they don't use him. Now, for the Detroit Lions, you're starting Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford can have a great game against the Panthers. The issue is every time I say he's going to have a bad game, he has a good game. Every time I say he's going to have a good game, he has a bad game. So plan accordingly that he's going to have a bad game. It'll at least make my the under prediction look good. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, this matchup is set up for DeAndre Swift just to I don't know. I, I get giddy just thinking about what DeAndre Swift can do in this matchup. Uh, the the Panthers give up yards out of the backfield to, you know, receiving yards out of the backfield and then just rushing yards in general. I think Adrian Peterson's a non-factor. So obviously Adrian Peterson's on your bench because every week more and more of the workload is going to DeAndre Swift, and DeAndre Swift is looking better and better every week. So start him. He's also a top five play. These are just going to be two running backs that are going to have amazing games. And then uh, wide receiver-wise, Marvin Jones, I guess, could be a play. Kenny Galladay might come back. He has his injury, uh, but I'm staying away from him. He's had a really bad year. Even when he's played, he hasn't looked the same. So I'm sitting uh, Kenny Kenny Galladay. And uh, (laughs) I'm taking a holiday from Galladay this week. Marvin Hall, I'm sitting him. 
he's a big play guy. You know, I was high on him two weeks ago, thinking he was going to get the big play. He didn't. He saved it for the week that I wasn't high on him. But uh, that's fantasy football for you. And that is really, that's about it. Uh, again, I, there's a lot of pieces that uh, you're going to have to watch out for on Sunday morning on who plays and who doesn't. But uh, it actually has a lot of fantasy goodness to it if uh, both quarterbacks are able to play in this one. So let's hope. And for my sake, let's hope for the under as well. I, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, a lot of fancy goodness with a, the uh, low score, but uh, one can dream. Now it's time for the final Sunday morning game. It is the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Tennessee Titans. The Baltimore Ravens are favored by six and a half points. And I, I just got to say something. I, I think the Ravens are better than they've been playing. But this is a really high point spread for a team that's been kind of struggling on offense. Tennessee Titans obviously have a defense that uh, you don't want to write home to your mother about. But I still think, you know, I'm still taking the Titans and getting the six and a half points in this one. I don't see the Ravens being able to win by more than a touchdown. The over-under is 49 points, and I'm definitely taking the under. I think this is more of a defensive battle than what everyone else is saying so I feel pretty confident with the under I feel good with the Titans even if the Ravens win I don't think it's by a touchdown regards to who you're starting and who you're sitting you're starting Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson's going to have a great game I think he's gonna have a better game running the ball in this one than he will pat uh, will be passing the ball and that's saying something because the Tennessee Titans give up a lot of yards passing I, I just think that uh how inaccurate Lamar Jackson's been the last month. Well, pretty much his whole career, but definitely the last month. That it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter how open guys are. You, you got to be able to hit them. So Mark Ingram, you're starting. Gus Edwards, you're starting. I think both of those guys are due to have great games. Gus Edwards, I just like his ability as a running back. He's fast. Uh, I actually like him a little bit more than Mark Ingram in this matchup. Ingram's been kind of a plotter this year. And hasn't been very effective, and uh, I think you know if the Ravens were smart, they would uh, use the better playmaker in Edwards. J.K. Dobbins, I, I like him next year a lot more than I like him this year. In this matchup, I don't like him at all. He needs to be on your bench. They're using him less and less as it is. And then wide receivers: Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin. I'd like both of these guys this week, and here's why: the Titans give up the most wide receiver points to the opposite wide receiver of their the number one. So the number one receiver, obviously, is Hollywood Brown. And uh, not that he's much of a number one receiver, so we can hold the jokes about how good Hollywood Brown is. Uh, you don't have to convince me how bad he is. I haven't been on his bandwagon at all, even before the season started, uh, which I like to say every podcast. So <laughs> here's the daily, re- or the week, or the, uh, what, What's what's three? Not the daily reminder. The uh, tri-weekly reminder of how I'm not high on Hollywood Brown and, and never have been. Anyway, Willie Sneed is a good play. Miles Boykin is the off-ball receiver. He can have a big game. So I think uh, both of them will will be, you know, pretty pretty good. Can be passable for you know if you have guys on buys or injuries. 
they can pass as a flex. Um, Mark Andrews, of course. I think this could be a game Mark Andrews redeems himself for the bad season that he's having. Uh, but if he doesn't have a good game here, I, I don't know when that's going to happen or if it will happen again the rest of the season. Um, and then uh, the Tennessee Titans. I am playing Derrick Henry just because he's Derrick Henry. The Ravens have a really good defense, and Derrick Henry has been kind of in a lull, and it hasn't been his fault. Derrick Henry has played some really good run defenses, and it doesn't stop here. So I'm starting him because of his name, basically, but that's all. He, he's Be prepared to be disappointed, I guess, is what I'm saying. And Janu Smith, I'm playing. He, you know, has a average matchup. But uh, Janu Smith is the second-rated tight end in fantasy football, which boggles my mind because as much as I like Janu Smith, I liked him a lot at the beginning of the season. His numbers are okay, but I didn't. I don't think they're good enough to be second overall in the NFL. But that's the type of year it's been for tight ends in the NFL. Like you know, it started off in a mad dash the first couple of weeks where it seemed like all teams were doing were throwing to the tight end, and then it just fell off a cliff since then. And I'm trying to find, you know, who else we should be playing here. That's it. Everyone else should be sitting. Ryan Tannehill, this is a bad matchup for him. Ryan Tannehill's come down to earth a little bit. He's the quarterback that we thought he would be, which isn't a bad thing. It's just uh, he was, you know, came out on fire beginning of the season, and now he's kind of mediating back to uh, his norms. And uh, this is a bad matchup. I don't think he he should be started. I, I, he's outside of my top 15 for sure, and that's definitely a bench. And then uh, who else? A.J. Brown, uh, Corey Davis are both sits. The Ravens cornerbacks, I like them a lot. Uh, Marlon Humphrey will be playing in this one. So... A.J. Brown had a bad week last week. I think that continues. He's going to have another bad week. Corey Davis, uh, he's just so hard to predict. And with this Ravens secondary, I don't expect big things. And then Adam Humphreys is hurt with a concussion. I don't even know if he plays. And even if he does, I mean, he really isn't fantasy football relevant to have this uh, big discussion that I'm currently having about him right now. <laughs> so... uh yeah, and I, I'm I'm sad I have to bench Hollywood Brown again in this matchup. This should be a matchup where he should thrive and have a good game. But with anything, you know, Lamar Jackson's got to be able to get him in the ball, and Hollywood Brown's got to get open. It's not just Lamar Jackson not being able to get him in the ball. Hollywood Brown can hasn't been getting open, and I'm not having this discussion anymore about Hollywood Brown. Um, because this is the second time in the this. Uh, what, two minutes that I brought him up individually to say he's not getting it done. But I'll say it a third time. He's not getting it done. He needs to be on your bench. And if he doesn't produce here, he needs to be dropped off your roster. Good night, fantasy footballers. Well, it's time to go. You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. <laughs>